We give you glory, Lord, as we worship you. Oh, Lord, we give you glory, Lord, as we worship you. You are wonderful. You are for your awesome presence in our midst. Thank you for everything you have done and what you are set to do. Holy Spirit, we are here for you. Please speak to us in the name of Jesus. Meet everyone under the sound of my voice at the very point of their name this afternoon in the name of Jesus. Let everybody be lifted in the name of Jesus. Let every tears be wiped away in the name of Jesus. Visit us in a unique way this afternoon in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Let's have our seat. And let's open our Bible to 1 Thessalonians 5.17. We're going to be continuing our series that we started by God's grace we shall learn today. Pray Without Ceasing, Part 2. That's the title. Pray Without Ceasing, Part 2. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray Without Ceasing. Pray Without Ceasing. New Living Transition says, Never Stop Praying. And NIV says, pray continually. And when you read the message, it said, pray at all times. I'm not going to go to the introduction because of short time we have. Please, if you want to have the introduction of this message, go to our website. You will see the message on the 11th of August. you get it there. The Lord bless us in Jesus' name. Now, just to summarize what we did the last time, so pray without ceasing is a clear instruction given to us by God to pray always. In the thick time, in the convenient time, in the enjoyable time, at all times. But we know that because of circumstances around us, we face challenges obeying this instruction on some occasions. So we are not able to pray without ceasing. Many are even complaining without ceasing more than praying without ceasing. 
Many are murmuring without ceasing, more than praying without ceasing. But God says, my instruction for you, my children, is pray without ceasing. We said we must not allow our circumstance to determine when to pray and when not to pray. Because when you are not praying, you will be busy doing what the devil wants you to do without ceasing. Are you with me? If you are not praying, you'll be busy complaining, murmuring, condemning. Say, God has not answered my prayer. I want to go and try alternative. And you'll be making devil to, to raise his hand. And you are not allowing God, you are not giving God room to answer your prayers. And we say, what does it mean to pray? Always to pray without ceasing. Living a prayerful lifestyle. Having a prayerful attitude and mindset. Being conscious of God as your father that is always ready to answer you whenever you call on him. Whenever you call on him, he is ready to answer you. So we need to be conscious of that and so be able to freely go to him in time of emergency at all times just to go and pray unto him. So we went through some specific times and situations when prayer is a must for every believer that wants to live a victorious and fulfilling life. Circumstances that you have no other option but what? To pray. Otherwise, you are on your own. And we mentioned four of them on that day. We said, before any project, any endeavor you plan to undertake, you must pray. Number two, when you need wisdom, direction, guidance about a decision that you're about to take, a choice you're about to make, you must pray. Number three, when you are confronted with battles of life, when the devil comes with gun, machine gun to kill you, you don't keep quiet. What do you do? You kill him before he kills you. You destroy that devil before it destroys you. With what? Prayer. Police cannot arrest you for prayer. Are you with me? They can only arrest you when they see you when you are shooting the man. Isn't it? But any devil that is harassing you, that will not allow you to reach your goal, you are permitted to clear them off in the spirit through your prayers. Anyone that will kill you, please kill him before he will kill you. Because Jesus will have to in heaven. But you did not fight him. You allow him to kill you. You did not fulfill your purpose. You know how many people are in heaven because they did not use the weapon Jesus has given them. And the devil waste their life. The devil will not waste your life in Jesus' name. You will live to fulfill your days in Jesus' name. And number four, we said, if you are not born again, you need to pray a prayer of repentance. So if you are here, you know you are not born again. Everything I'm going to say, you can you them after you have given your life to Jesus. That's the truth. The prayer I've seen as you pray is, Father, please, I'm repenting of my sin. Forgive me. After you have done that, then you can pray. Any other prayer, and God will answer you. 
Today, number five, we continue. I will try to be fast because of the Holy Communion, but I trust God will finish today. Number five, when you receive or discover a prophecy, somebody spoke a prophecy to your life, or you are studying the scripture, you discover something, a revelation, a promise. You had a dream, wonderful dream. You have a vision. God draws an idea in your heart. You must pray. That you receive the prophecy, that is theory. Until the prophecy is fulfilled and become manifestation, sorry, is still a theory. Everything that happened in the Bible is a theory to you until you experience them in your life. Are you with me? And what do you do to get it to become manifestation in your life? Pray without ceasing. In 1 Kings 18, 41 to 45, Prophet Elijah was just used to make a national restoration back to God. He commanded fire. Fire fell down. And immediately, God spoke to him and he said, he prophesied that King Ahab, go and hit. Rain is coming. That was the prophecy. Go and hit. Rain is coming. But the man of God knew that declaration. <laughs> Three years of no rain. I need to manufacture this rain. Where? In the place of prayer. The Bible says Elijah put his knee, his head, within his knee. And he prayed seven times. Prayed the first time. He said, my servant, go and look. Is there any cloud? The servant said, no. Second time, pray. Pray without what? Season. Third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, until seventh time. And the servant said, oh, man, I can see the small cloud. Eh? Small cloud after three years. Good. It's not time to celebrate. Because the prophecy has been fulfilled. So you don't celebrate when the prophecy comes. You celebrate when what? The manifestation comes. Never stop praying until the theoretical prophecy, ideas, dreams, vision that God gave you become a practical reality in your life. Do you know why that is the situation? Every good thing the Lord has declared concerning you, the devil will fight it. So if the devil is trying to stop you, and you, you, you sit down and look, like we say in Nigeria. And you are looking at it. Oh, God has prophesied. And you are not reading your book. You are not praying for God to help you. <laughs> the devil will just be laughing. The devil does not want that dream of yours to come to pass. So you need to pray without ceasing until you see yourself becoming that dream. Let's see an example of one promise that all of us claim. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. It says, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. 
and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be born, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Now we all claim this, right? But do you know the truth? The guarantee for this is when you pray without what? You are not to fold your hands or keep quiet after you have received it. Oh, I caught a revelation. Yes, God said whatever I go through will be with me. Yes, it will be with you. But you must pray without ceasing. A child that refused to say, Daddy, help me, I'm drowning. Daddy, help me, the pain is here. And holding his side. That child will suffer the consequence if he refuses to say, Daddy, help me. Are you with me? The boy is beside the father and he's, he's, he's choking. And he's laughing. He's saying, All is well. All is well. All is well. He would die before the father would realize what? what is happening to him. Now look at the story of Peter in Matthew 14. 28 to 31. Jesus said, Jesus was walking on the water. <coughs> Peter said, Master, bid me come. And divinely Jesus said, come. Eh? Peter, walking on what? Water. Who prophesied and commanded him to come? And Jesus was looking at him. But the moment Brother Peter began to sink because of faith, what happened to him? He said, Lord, save me. You already prophesied, but now I'm sinking. Save me. And the Bible said immediately, Jesus grabbed his hand. You know what that means? Jesus was waiting for him to cry. Jesus could have stopped him from sinking. He received of the faith going down. Jesus would have stopped him, but immediately he said, Lord, save me. Mind you, Peter was an expert swimmer, expert fisherman, isn't it? He said, Lord, save me. And Jesus stretched forth his hand and saved him. The Lord will save you in the name of Jesus. Number six. When you discover that a cause is at work in your life, in your family, in your generations, then you need to pray without ceasing. Everybody's dying at the age of 40. And you're already being afraid. Oh, I'll be 40 next year. God, help me. And you're starting to write your will. <laughs> you need to pray. Everybody's not getting married until they're age 30. Plus, go and check, is something wrong? Let's see the scripture, I will tell you two stories about that. In 1 Corinthians 4, 9 to 10. 1 Corinthians 4, 9 to 10, we saw the story of Jabez. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the name of God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. I want to explain that. 
We know the rest of the, the, the prayer. Jabez was a covenant child of Abraham. And God said, Abraham, you are blessed. In blessing, I will bless thee. In multiplying, I will multiply thee. All your seed are what? Blessed, including you and I. Are you Abraham's seed? But Jabez realized that, no, my mother calls me when I was given birth to. She did not give me a name after the blessing of Abraham. She gave me a name after the curse attached to the devil. No, I refuse it. He realized that was a curse working against his destiny. And the man went to God said, God, you have to bless me indeed. You know what that means? It means the theoretical Abraham blessing that I have read in the scripture. <laughs> I want it to become what? Practical in my life. I don't want to be living like a, a beggar when Jesus has made me to be a prince. In Galatians 3.14, let me see what show you that you have the heritage of Abraham. Yeah. Galatians 3.14. Let's read New Living Translation. It said, through Jesus Christ, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he has promised to who? Abraham. So anything short of blessing in your life, you need to deal with it with prayer. Anything short of the blessing that you have and you are entitled to through Jesus, you need to pray about it until you get your victory. Even if it is your trials, Trials are meant for a season, isn't it? When you go to trial, you pass. And what happens? You are promoted. Isn't it? That is it. I know, yes, somebody will say, okay, but as a believer, I need to go to trial. I need to endure. Wonderful. You need to go to persecution. Yes, I agree with, with that. But it's for what? A season. And look at another one. In Genesis 27, 40, we all know the cause, not really a direct, it's a, it's a cause. Let's see it. You see it's a cause. Let's see the message Bible. Genesis 27, 40. After we, know, we all know the story because of our time, Isaac, by crook, took the blessing of the, of the brother. The father blessed Isaac. I said, sorry. Uh, oh, sorry, Jacob. The father blessed Jacob. By the time Esau came, he said, my father, well, you're not going to bless me today. Sorry, I have blessed him. And you, I cannot reverse it. I cannot reverse that blessing. Look at what the father blessed, the, the, the remnant of the blessing that the father gave to Esau. And by this word, Message Bible, or New Living Translation. New Living Translation there. Okay. Um, you will live by your sword. And you will serve your brother. What a cause. The firstborn is the firstborn. We say, sorry, your position is shifted. You will what? Serve. Not that you will even be friend with your brother. 
Say you will serve him. What a cause. Say you will serve. But look at the, look at the catch here. Why you need to pray. But when you decide to break free. Did you see that? When you decide to break free. To pray without ceasing. You will shake his yoke off your neck. That's why you pray. Even if though you were caused by your generation, your father did something wrong, you, you, they entered a covenant because of you, so you are suffering because of that. When you decide, Jesus, I am tired of this, you will break free. But if you keep quiet, what happened? You continue to suffer it. When you read that in message, it said, you will live by the sword, and arm to mouth, and you will serve your brother. But when you can't take it anymore, <laughs> when you are tired of it, what happened? You will break loose and run free. So, was Esau actually caused or not? He wasn't. But his destiny is in his hand. Same thing with you. Whatever cause operating upon your life, your destiny is in your hand. Through prayers. I'll tell you one story. God will help us today. But I want you to get this concept. And God give me the opportunity, I will finish the message another time. There was a brother that have a, an, an affliction. He was smelling. No, this is not ordinary smelling that, okay, you use perfume and it goes. This brother smelled like dead body. You sit with him before one minute, you can't stand it. A sickness. When the brother realized this is not ordinary, they, they have done half manner of tests, nothing solved it. So he went to the man of God. And God said, This is what happened. And you know what happened? When he was in primary school or secondary school, the father stole the bicycle of his neighbor and used it to pay the school fees of the son. Now, can you control that? Did you know what your, your parents did? The father wanted to help the boy to go to school. Why did he do it? Stole the bicycle of another man and used to pay school fees. If you go to any lawyer here, please forgive me. Lawyer can defend that, you know. <laughs> Lawyers can defend that. <laughs> but you know the issue? That man placed a curse. And you know the curse he placed? Allergy for cold water. So anywhere this guy drinks cold water, he will continue to be smelling. Now, can you, can any lab technician here, can you discover that in the lab? <laughs> and God said, Go and restitute. The man went to the village, bought more than the bicycle, looked for the, for the grandson of that boy. The grandson of that man bought him bicycle, give them money, restituted. And when he came back, said, don't drink cold water for the next one week. And that was the end of the problem. Things are not cheap. Devil is wicked. Devil is what? So pray without ceasing. I'll tell you another story. 
a woman that was on hot for Jesus. Evangelism early in the morning. He will carry, is it megaphone you call it now? And be preaching in the neighborhood. This woman was on fire for God. He will go ahead and be preaching. But there was a but in her life. And one day, one day one of the neighbor, neighbors came to her. Said, Sister, you have been preaching. We have been hearing your preaching. But we can't see the evidence of this preaching in your life. Your four daughters, 26 years to 34, the four of them, none is married. And you are preaching Jesus. Show us the Jesus. He said, show us the Jesus. You are preaching him. But you have four daughters, 26, probably 30, 30, 32, and 34. All of them, none is married. Something is wrong. <laughs> when they, they gave this woman this challenge, she went back <laughs> to drawing board. He went to the mind of God. God revealed that those two four girls were dedicated to Ifa oracles. So they were already married to Ifa, an oracle. So nobody could see them to get married to them. And God intervened. She was delivered. Within one year, the four of them got married. Within one year. Pray without ceasing. Do not die in silence. If you know you are passing through issue, recurrent issue, you can't help it. Things are not working the way they should. Then cry for help. Number seven. When you just suffered a defeat, a loss, you need to pray. When you are in sorrow, you are in shame, you are in a painful situation, you need to pray. When God tried Job, Job was a perfect man, isn't it? He was a perfect man. But God allowed the devil to try him because God wanted to test him. And you can't do anything about it. When God decides to test you, you can't do anything about it. You just pray for grace. So what? Pass the test. <laughs> When God allowed Job to be tested, we know everything that happened to Job. He lost everything except the wife. In Job 1, 13 to 22, what did Job do? Job 1, 13, I'll just read verse 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and did what? What did he do? He worshipped God. He worshipped God. Verse 21. Let's go to 21. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When he just suffered great loss, pray Without ceasing. It is not a time for you to start complaining, start murmuring. It's a time for you to cry out to God for strength, for comfort, because you know why? It's just a phase. 
God is taking you to an higher ground. And if you do an exam, you don't pass. What happened? You repeat. That's the truth in the spiritual, <laughs> in the spiritual indices. God takes you through a test and you failed. Sorry, you aren't going higher. You go to repeat it. Pray without season. Don't be like Mother Rachel. She was barren. And she wanted to commit suicide because of barrenness. Look at it in Genesis 31. Genesis 31. And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children, or else I'll commit suicide. <laughs> Give me children, or else I'll die. Genesis 31. When you have losses, you have challenges like this. You just lost a loved one. Yes, I know it's usually difficult for you to pray at that time. That is one of the reasons why we say pray until you're able to speak in tongues. This is one of the reasons for that. The Bible says, I will send you what? The comforter. And who is the comforter? Holy Spirit. That's his work. When you enter its level of communication, you're speaking in tongues. You see the strength comes from nowhere. You say, ah, this man that just lost it, lost, lost that. See him bouncing like anything. It's because what? You have received the strength from the Holy Spirit. And of course, when you pray in the Spirit, you can never pray amiss. And the devil is confused. That's one of the secrets of praying in the Spirit. Speaking in tongues. The devil is confused. doesn't know it's an heavenly language. When must you pray after you just won a victory? Somebody say victory at last. That's why you should call for a party, isn't it? <laughs> when you just finish your MBA, you just got your degree, that is when you should what? Celebrate. Call for party. No. That is when you should pray more. Of course, you know, you, know, you, know, you know the reason for that. The first reason, the devil is not happy about it. So he will do everything to turn that joy to sorrow. That should not be your portion in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every blessing God has given you and will still give you no sorrow shall be added in the name of Jesus. Amen. So when you are celebrating, you just want a victory. You are happy. You are on the top. You are excited. The first prayer you pray is prayer of appreciation. Immediately pray prayer of what we call preservation. And you know what? You need more prayer to preserve a miracle than getting the miracle. Many of us who don't know that. When a woman say, God, give me child, give me child. Waiting for seven years. The moment the tummy began to manifest, somebody said, eh? This? No, that child will not come out. Somebody's already saying that. By the time he gets to the delivery date, no, we'll make him choke. We'll make her choke. 
she will not deliver it. When the child is born, and the child is on his way running around, somebody says, ah, how can this boy be shining like this? No, we must do something. So you are praying with that what? To preserve the miracle. Pray without ceasing. And of course, you know that the devil knows that when you just want a victory, your God is low. You don't fast around that time. Like I tell you, the best time to fast is when you just want a victory. Are you with me? Jesus Christ was sent to the wilderness to be tempted. The main, go and read it very well. The main, he was sent to where? To the wilderness. To what? To be tempted. The devil did not show up until the fasting ended. You know why? If he showed up before, he will be roasted. Because Jesus was high. Isn't it? High fasting and praying. Fire coming down. But the moment Jesus relaxed, yes, it's time to eat. The devil showed up. Say, yeah, he's relaxed now. He's no longer on fire like that that time. And thank God Jesus knew this principle. He was alert. It is written. It is written. And the victory came. You will overcome in the name of Jesus. Okay. When must you pray without ceasing? When your faith is tested and you are tempted to compromise. We all know the story of Daniel in Daniel 6, 1 to 28. He said, oh, we have to get this guy down. This guy is shining too much. Just like they say, you are shining your office. You are shining your family. We are not happy. We have to do something. This guy cannot be shining where we are not shining. You may not see somebody is telling that about you. And you are drinking coke. You are not fasting. <laughs> oh, God. The minimum as a child of God you should do, you must fast once in a week. Pray without... Say, Pastor, when, if I don't have a problem now. Why should I fast in a week? You pray because of the problem coming tomorrow. You invest the prayer now. Minimum. Every child of God must pray and fast once in a week. Pray without ceasing, but you are hitting every day. You say, is this, is that, is that, is that. You are hitting anyhow. And the devil is roaming, looking for who to what? Devour. He will not devour you in the name of Jesus. And you know the end of the story of Daniel? They said, we need to do something. We know this guy loves God. What we need to do is make a law that will be against his God, against the law of his God. Say, nobody pray to any other person apart from the image of the king. Daniel said, okay, that is your law. <laughs> I know the God I serve. At the three times in a day, Daniel will open his window towards Jerusalem and started to pray. You know the end of the story? They arrested him. But at the end, what happened? Daniel was miraculously saved in the lion's den. Number one, the king was saved. And number three, what happened? What happened? All his enemies became food 
for life. God is good. Every enemy that will not allow you to fulfill your purpose in life, God will deal with them in the name of Jesus. But you have to pray. Daniel prayed. Many of us, probably you have been in a situation where your, your supervisor or your colleagues, they want to compromise your faith, to join them in fraudulent heart, to take bribe. You need to pray. Or probably you are about to get married and your parents say, no, you have to marry this unbeliever. And you know, Bible says, you must not be unequally yoked. With what? Unbelievers. You must pray. Say, mommy, I have to pray. Daddy, I will pray until you change your mind. I'm not going to marry that unbeliever. Q-E-D. If I will not marry until Jesus comes, so be it. But meanwhile, in your closet, what are you doing? You're praying. I will have examples of that. So don't think, if you are passing through that, your own is unique. No. We have seen people waiting for several years, just waiting for parents to change their mind. I know I cannot marry this unbeliever. Let's go to number 10. God is really helping us. Thank you, Jesus. When you identify a need or a weakness about a fellow brother, a fellow sister, a family or a church, many of us were experts in this. If I give everybody paper now, they write 10 things bad about this church. The speed of you writing the bad. <laughs> but if I say write good things about this church, I, write 10 things about this church, you will take 30 minutes. That's the way we are, we are, we are, we are, we are, we are, we are wired to be a critic person. We always see the bad. It's not wrong. You have to see the bad to change it, right? But what we are saying is, when you discover something bad, wrong, a weakness about your fellow brother, about a church, about your nation, your God has shown you that because he wants you to pray about it. God will not show you a body. He will not place a body in your heart unless he wants you to pray about what? About it. But here are you gossiping about it, judging about it, condemning about it. That is not why he revealed it to you. He revealed that weakness of your brother, of the church, of your family members to you, for you to pray about it so that the person can get out of it. But is that what you are doing? Pray without season. God is looking for a man to stand in the gap like he saw in Abraham. Abraham said, if there's 50, will you still spare the city? Say, I will spare it. What of 40? Abraham was negotiating for Sodom and Gomorrah. That is the position we are called to. God is not looking for gossipers, for complainers, for condemners, for people that are judging others. God is looking for people that will pray for others. In Matthew 18, 15 to 17, Jesus gave us a prototype of how, of how you treat a brother or a sister that is doing the wrong thing. You see a brother probably doing something wrong against the Bible. 
Jesus said, what do you do first? Go to him or her. Not gossip. Tell him, brother, what you are doing is not godly. If it doesn't change, step two, what do you do? Call a witness. Step three, if it doesn't change, what do you do? Report him to the church. But you don't really know what Jesus is saying there? Before you even go to that, your brother, pray for him first. Even if you refuse to change, after you have reported to the pastor about the weakness, what do you do? Continue to pray for him. Let me say this. Until you have prayed for somebody, you have no right to complain about him. You discover the weakness, then pray that God, please change this brother. Help this brother to overcome this weakness. After you have done that, then you have the legitimate right to go and complain. This brother, your mouth is smelly. You are committing sin. But what, what must you do first? Pray for him. He's going through a battle. Just like you have your own battle too. Not complain about him. Pray without ceasing. Philippians 2, 3 to 5. And James 5, 16. The summary there is pray for one another. Pray for your neighbor. Let me read Philippians 2, 3 to 5, New Living Translation. I think verse 3. New Living Translation, Philippians 2, 3. Say, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as what? Better than yourself. Number 4, verse 4. Don't look out only for your own interest. But take an interest in others too. Now, when you take interest in others, what will you do for them? What will you do for them? You pray for them. Not complaining, not gossiping, not try to kill their vision, not try to make them to become nothing in the eyes of others. So you see the test? You are only legitimately allowed to complain more and more and backbite and gossip of God. They are not godly. About anybody. Not until you have prayed for them. Because you have your own weakness too. Which you are hiding. Finally, when must I pray? When your prayers remain unanswered. What do you do? When your prayers remain unanswered and you feel like giving up, you want to go for alternative like Sister Sarah. You are looking for other options. What do you do? Pray. You are depressed. You are disappointed. You are discouraged. You are confused. I've been praying. They say I should pray from January till now. But things are still not changing about me. What's the solution? Continue to pray without ceasing. Because John 64, 24, John 16, 24 says, Either tall have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. Luke 18, 1 says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end. 
that men ought to pray and not to fail. Persistent prayer. Daniel prayed in the midst of that miserable life that Israel was going through. Daniel prayed for a whole 21 days until the answer came. Pray without ceasing. Thank you, Pastor. Daniel was praying and what? David prayed for direction and he recovered all. He prayed for direction. Everything, he was in a depressed place, state. They were about to, to, to lynch David. But what did he do? He went to God to pray, God, what must I do? He said, no, pursue. You will overtake and you will recover all. You will recover all in the name of Jesus. And look at Psalm 13, verse 1 to 4. New Living Translation. Let's be on our feet and read this together. It says, it will be your prayer. Like David in the midst of his depression, David prayed this prayer. And I want you to pray it. Psalms number 13, verse 1 to 4. Let's read it. Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever. How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me again. Turn and answer me again. Turn and answer me, oh Lord my God. Restore this sparkle to my eyes, or I will die. And finally, number four. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. Are you saying that to God? That God, please arise on my behalf. Jesus, arise on my behalf. Don't let my enemy rejoice over me. Answer me speedily. All my cry unto you, turn them to testimony. Meet me and my family at the point of our needs. Jesus, answer speedily. Jesus, answer speedily. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Answer speedily. In the name of Jesus. Continue praying. Let's be in a state of unceasing prayer. Pray without ceasing. And then when you receive your answer, pray without ceasing. Are you walking through a waging river? Pray without ceasing. Are you walking through fire? Pray without ceasing. Are you being overcome with bitterness all around you? Pray without ceasing. Are you battling family curses? Pray without ceasing. For your tomorrow, pray today without ceasing. That's the word of the Lord. Pray without ceasing. Three simple words. Just thank God.
thank God that he's told you what you and I need to do. It's simple, just pray without ceasing. Father, we thank you right now, Lord. We thank you, Lord Father, for these words that you have given us, Lord Father. For this instruction you have given us, Lord Father. That you have given it to us through your servant, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord, for these words. And we pray, Lord, that in every situation, in every circumstance, be it the good times or the not-so-good times, the tough times and the times of success, Father, we will pray and pray without ceasing, Lord Father. Father, we will be in constant communion and in conversation with you, Lord Father. Father God, because we know, Lord, that without you, we are lost. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for this time you have given us. We thank you, Lord, Father, for your servant whom you have used. Continue, Lord, to anoint him and bless him the more, Lord, Father, so that more and more truths can be delivered unto us. All glory be yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please sit down and let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. As we prepare to celebrate the Lord's table, let's move to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We start from the second part of verse 23. That the Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, Whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. We come to the Lord's table in remembrance of Jesus Christ and what he did. Because that's what the Word of God tells us. Every time you come to take the bread or drink of the cup, do this in remembrance of me. And as we remember, it is also a declaration of our faith. We remember and declare that the bread is symbolic of the body of Christ. When we eat the bread at the Lord's table, we do it in remembrance of that sinless body of Jesus Christ that hung on the cross and bore your sins and my sins. We remember and declare that the cup of the Lord's table is the blood of the Lamb of God. And every time we drink of, of that cup, we declare that the Lord Jesus Christ's blood was shed for my salvation and for yours but we also come to the Lord's table with personal preparation. 
And that's why in verse 28 onwards it says, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the word. So we also come to the Lord's table with personal preparation. The Bible says, let a man examine himself and let him not partake of the Lord's table in an unworthy manner. Take a moment to examine yourself. Take a moment to examine yourself, not your neighbor. Because you cannot partake of the Lord's table in an unworthy manner. Be in an attitude of prayer as we take a moment to consider this. Am I taking the Lord's table in an unworthy manner? Am I taking the Lord's table as a ritual? Am I taking the Lord's table lightly? Am I partaking of the Lord's table with bitterness in my heart? Am I partaking of the Lord's table with continued unconfessed sin? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, you must confess your wrongdoings to the Lord and ask him to forgive you. He is a forgiving God. Talk to him. Pray without ceasing. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the way that you have made for us, Lord. Father, each one of us were in sin. And there was no way for us, Lord, but you made the way forward. By dying that painful death, you bore our sins. You took away the sin that was burdening me, Lord. But in your resurrection, Lord Father, you freed me, Lord. And you freed me to everlasting freedom, Lord. Father God, help me never to forget this, Lord. Never to take this lightly, Lord Father. It is something that I couldn't have done by myself. But we just turn to you and thank you, Lord, for what you have done. Father, for every person who's going to come here, Lord Father, to share of your table, I pray, Lord, that your grace will be upon them, Lord Father, that you will continue to minister unto them, Lord Father, even as they remember with gratitude in their heart, Lord Father, what you have done unto them, Lord Father. Father, we thank you, Lord Father, for the elements of the bread and the wine that you have, that, that's been placed, Lord Father. We ask you to sanctify it, Lord Father, and as we remember what you have done, Lord Father, and as we partake of the bread and the wine, Lord, I pray, Lord, that it shall continue to remind us of what you have done for us, Lord. Father, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord's table, as we always mention, is for all those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his or her personal Lord and Savior, and have also obeyed the Lord and 
command of going through waters of baptism. Now, if you haven't done this, please abstain from the Lord's table. Please meditate on the word of God. Look at your own life and consider receiving the Lord as your personal savior. Now, for those partaking of the Lord's table, the ushers will guide you forward. As, and as you come, please come remembering what the Lord has done. Have an attitude of gratitude. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I brought Shante, they broke out on this. Oh, my son, they get all over
Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. And before we go home, let us ponder upon what was spoken this afternoon to us on prayer. There are criteria for prayer to be answered. And we find that in Matthew chapter 5 and look at verse 3. In order for your prayer to be answered, there are certain criteria that we also should be considered. Number one, it look at verse 3. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. My brothers and sisters, this afternoon, we have to learn to be peacemakers. We need to learn to love. We need to learn to care for people. And then when you go before the throne room of grace and say, Lord, these are my issues, is because you were a peacemaker, because you showed love where there was no love shown to you, your answers, your prayers will be answered in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us bow our heads today and ask the Lord, Lord, this is what I want in order for my prayers to be answered, Lord God. Help me to be a person who is after the kingdom, Lord God. I want to be a kingdom-minded person, not of myself, but to be of your kingdom. Help me, Lord, that I will be able to comfort people. When people are going through pain and suffering, give me the grace to comfort them, Lord God, so that when I call unto you, you will comfort me. Father, help me to be meek to those who are struggling, Lord God. Not to load upon them, but give me the grace to be meek, Lord God. Father, help me to hunger and thirst after righteousness, Lord God. I believe when I pray, Lord God, and when I thirst after righteousness, Lord God, all things are possible in the name of Jesus. Father, help me to be merciful. Give me the grace to be merciful, Lord God, so that when I call upon you, you will be merciful unto me. Father, give me the grace to be pure in heart. Father, clean my heart. Make my heart new again one more time, Lord God. Change my heart, Lord God, so that when I come to you, you will answer in Jesus' name. And above all, give me the grace to be a peacemaker and not a troublemaker, Father. Father, this is our prayer today, that we will be peacemakers, Lord God. People will run to us because they will know that we are a peace-loving person, Lord God. Father, give us the grace, Lord God, that when people insult us, find fault with us, speak bad things about us, give us the grace to pray for them, Lord God. Give us the grace to forgive them, Lord God, no matter what they wrong they have done. Father, this is our heart's cry. Give us the understanding of what prayer is about, Lord God. Help us this day, Lord God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Let us say the benediction together. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. For the last time, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Go and be blessed, and may that be our portion in Jesus' name.